Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your host, Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential and motivate you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited, to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments to get you thinking outside the box. Hello and welcome everyone and today I have a really special guest. I am making a point of highlighting some incredible women, real women, obviously real women. I mean, we can touch and see them, but real women, I really want to just showcase the stories that are going on that are touching people at you know a, a level that we can really relate with where we are now in our life or where we've been. And Melissa Page is on the show with me today. And Melissa, I am so excited to have you. You are a mind and body and soul coach. And you, it seems as though you are dedicating your life to helping women become the best version of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to finally have you on the show. I know we've been kind of going back and forth on this, but we're making it happen today. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So tell, tell my listeners kind of where this all began, because you um, are living a sober life. You've had, you know, some ups and downs in your life that obviously prompted you to have this aha moment and turn your life around. Where where did everything kind of, what was the inception of everything? Where did everything begin? Well, I think that it, you know, it's like anything else in life. It was, it's been a journey. Um, I kind of had it in my, like, it's like one of those feelings where you just know, um, you're meant to do something, right? You have a feeling, a gut feeling that something's pulling you to do something. And sometimes you really don't know what that something is and all the details of it until certain instances and experiences kind of um, push you that way. But I've always known ever since I was really, really young um, that I wanted to help people. I didn't know what that looked like. I just know that I've always kind of had this um, desire in me and this drive in me to um, help people, help motivate people on some level, help people get themselves out of some really dark places mentally, emotionally, um, even spiritually. Um, and it's just kind of gone down the path of helping women. And what started was my through my own experiences as a woman um, and going through the journey of addiction and what that entails into sobriety and helping other, you know, people, especially women, get sober, stay sober, and then, you know, that kind of turned into um, helping people because I've kind of always trained on the side as a personal trainer, but, um, and I love motivating people, but it kind of helped, you know, push me towards helping women on a an overall well-being sort of atmosphere and not just specifically fitness. So as we know, um, you know, health isn't just fitness or just nutrition. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it's the, it's the mental, it's the mindset, it's the emotional aspect that a lot of people don't talk about, which really drives us to make decisions when it comes to our well-being and our health and our goals and so forth. So it's been a process. And over the last few years, uh, living in California, I've, I've started coaching women, and that's where I find the most joy and being able to dig deep on an emotional level and a mental um, well-being sort of level um, is where I, I feel like I thrive the most in helping others. So, yeah. Yeah. So, when you moved to California, when did you move to California then? 
Oh my goodness. So it's been, <laughs> I've always wanted to live in California ever since I was a kid. And then I kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And finally an opportunity presented itself. And I moved out here about seven, almost seven years ago from oh, Charlotte, wow. North Carolina. Yeah. So mm, all the way yeah. from Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when you, when you moved, like, was there, did they, did they know like, you know, like Melissa's going to do her thing or was there pushback when, when you moved? Like, did they tell you, cause everyone kind of seems like California is this, you know, big, scary, expensive place, you know, yes. and it's, yeah. So did you, did you have that pushback? Um, I had a little bit of both. Um, my, I mean, my family didn't want me to move, but they knew this was my dream, one of dreams. And so they were very supportive. Um, I obviously didn't want to leave them because they're my family. I'm very close to my mom and my brother, my sister, uh, my niece and my nephew. That was the hardest part. My really awesome friends in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, my, the closest people, and I'm really blessed that way. Like the, the closest people to me have been very supportive. So they were like, you you know I don't want you to leave, but definitely follow your dreams. You know yeah. instead of looking back and thinking what if I could or what if I had done it. You know. Right. I know the what if the what if part is like always the killer. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's the it's the deciding point for me anyway. So I moved to California. Um, so did you were did you start your like did sobriety happen for you when you were in California then like what was the timeline where what was life before um, you got sober? Yeah, so I got sober in 2000. Well, my sobriety date is January 1st, 2011. And so prior to that, I was um, I was heavily involved in my addiction. You know, my, my drug of choice, as people say, is alcohol. Um, and it was a scenario where it got progressively worse. Um, I didn't, you know, start drinking every day or anything like that. But I would say that I started drinking when I was, started really drinking heavily when I was like 19. And it just became like this, drink to get drunk, and then the drunk became blackouts, um, uh, gosh, waking up in strange places and going to really dangerous areas of Charlotte and um, getting in fights, and I'm not the fighting type. <laughs> I'm not a scrapper. So. Yeah, no, you don't, you do not look like it at all. It was not something that obviously benefited me, but it was, I didn't know any other way to live. I was so used to dealing with traumas that way by escape, escapism, escapism, escapism. And like some really horrible things happened in my life as things have have happened in many people's lives. And instead of dealing with it through therapy, through the, you know, a positive channel, I didn't realize at the time that I was an addict. And so my way of dealing with it was drink, drink to get drunk, drunk to get blackout plans or not, that is what happened. And then my life started kind of like revolving around it. And it got me to the point where I was probably, I don't know, 104 pounds. And I did not recognize the reflection in the mirror any longer. And I just couldn't do it. I was like, I cannot do this one more day. And that's when I I reached out for help on um, January 1st, 2011, because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to die. (laughs) So... Yeah, and I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, and the fact that you had at least that realization and that there wasn't, because I I don't think a lot of people, um, it's it's definitely harder for a lot of people to say that they they need help and they want something to change and then to set forth on that change. Um, Do you find that that is kind of the norm for people? Like, are most people saying that, like, I need to change? Or are you finding that, like, there really is a problem that people, like, will get into the cycle and it's hard for them to, to get out of it? 
it's hard for them to get out of it. I think it, uh, I would say, you know, cause I've also battled other things like, um, eating disorders and stuff. So a lot of my, not a lot, but some of my clients have disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it all comes down to the same vicious cycle. So whether it's addiction or eating disorders or cutting or bad toxic relationships, it's a cycle. It is like a repetitive cycle and it's really hard to break out of. And if you're already feeling bad about yourself, um, it's really hard to see that maybe there's another way to live. As weird as that sounds, it's really hard to feel in your heart that it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. So for yourself, like you you mentioned, you you were going through traumatic experiences. Like what was are are you comfortable with with talking about about that, or is that something that you've healed from that you that you feel, or is that something that you're you're still working on now in a um, healthy way? Yeah, I'm I'm okay talking about it now because um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm kind of a open. I'm not kind of. I'm definitely an open book because I believe that sometimes people tend to um, say they're going through addiction. They tend to say, "Yeah, but not me." Like that person got better because they assume that that person's life story was different and they assume, and I'll speak for myself, that I am too broken to be able to live this lightful life. I'm too damaged to be able to get on the other side of that monumentous, like, uh, mountain. Like, I can't climb that because I'm too damaged. I'm the exception. Therefore, I won't reach for help. And I don't want people thinking that they are too broken or too this or too that and that they aren't deserving of a beautiful life. So I always say, like, I'm an open book. Um, My trauma, you know, started when I was really young. Um, I dealt with a very, um, how do you call it, like a a very um, unbalanced life, um, home life. Um, My my dad was um, untreated, had his own issues he was going through at the time. Um, And we have a pretty good relationship now, so I'm like a harp on that, but... I didn't know that he was going through issues. All I knew is that he was mad at me a lot, mad at my sister, my brother, my mom a lot. So there was a lot of verbal abuse um, happening at the home. So it was a broken home and he was gone. Um, I think when I was 15, he was gone out of our lives and he moved actually to California. And um, (laughs) yeah, so we reconnected. And again, we're we're doing pretty good and he's changed his life and I look up to him, you know, but um, and I'm sorry, I'll say she because he is now a she, so she's changed yeah. her life, and I, I look up to her, yeah. um, which is amazing. And but but okay. while my dad was gone, um, you know, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started going to raves. I, I was introduced to drugs at a young age. I was um, I didn't realize I was an addict at that time, but that's what mm-hmm. where it led. And um, I started hanging out with some shady characters, and there were there were a few times that I woke up and someone had put something in my drink or. The last time this happened, um, I was, I think, 20 years old. No, no, 20 years old. I was, <laughs> I was attacked by a coworker at a at a party and kept getting me to drink more and drink more and drink more. And he tried to pull me in a bathroom, and I said no, and then I agreed. And then, basically, he put my head up against the mirror, and I had to watch him rape me, <laughs> which wasn't oh, yeah. insane, and I thought I deserved it because I had a crush on him, right? So I quit my job, and then I just mm. kept drinking more and more because I felt worthless, and then the last time um, I was assaulted, I was with a friend, a friend that I knew um, for years. I trusted him. I didn't think anything of it. And yeah. Didn't have a crush on him, didn't flirt with him, um, and he put something in my drink, and I woke up uh, a couple hours later. 
and I was unclothed beside him, and that sent me into a tailspin where I, I, I don't know, I just hated myself. I hated yeah. myself. I hated, I was so full of anger um, that I just, I tried to, I couldn't get enough alcohol in me to drink it away. And what I'm learning in, even in, in sobriety is that recovery has given me a life that I can actually heal and start healing from. And I have been going to therapy to address traumas and address them in a much healthier fashion than trying to drown them away. Um, But I'm also still facing with, I still have, you know, self-esteem issues that I'm still working on because of the past and, you know, breaking free from toxic relationships. I'm still healing from that. And so this is like a life journey. And I think if anybody, whether they're an addict or not, um, has gone through trauma, and I think most have. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a life journey because you're battling your old voice and your new voice, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of definitely. That. <laughs> yeah, and I think like with trauma, you know, and it's and sometimes it's it comes out like your body has done such a good job at um, suppressing it and right. locking it away for you. It just takes one thing, and then all of a sudden it just floods. Floods your memory again, yep. and it you you know you, you have PTSD from it, yep. and yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like I've had my own experiences with that, and you know, coming from trauma and everything else, and it's just all kind of like, oh, where did this come from, right? And yeah, you have to, you have to work through it, and that's definitely something where I I agree with you absolutely that um, mindset is is so crucial, and I believe it is the most overlooked area like people like right now they're we're talking about okay like you know um fix you know fix your fix your outwardly appearance like people are so yeah. focused on their outwardly appearance yeah and now okay <laughs> now they need to work on now they're getting it okay now i need to eat healthier all right now i need to exercise you know they're doing that and that's getting better but now it's like okay you guys it's the mind <laughs> it, is. it is the mental health it you really know? is yeah. yeah it's that is uh to me it's the end all be all Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing about social media and stuff. And I'm so guilty of it. Like, where we go on social media, we see these images, we don't know the backstory. And that's one thing I try to tell, you know, my clients, too. Um, you know, and when I say I'm an open book, I tell them when I'm having an off day, when I'm looking mm-hmm. in the mirror, and I'm like, today, I don't see what I'm, what I'm what is looking back at me, I'm having one of those days where I'm comparing or falling back on old behaviors that no longer serve me, right. So I always yeah. tell them, like, you know, it's more than what you see. You can have a size whatever physique. You, I, I, I'm prepping for a competition in the show right now, and I know that even if I get my pro card, it's not going to make me happy. That is mm-hmm. not going to define me or make me a better person. I just love having a goal. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I'm still sitting in my room with my own thoughts. And if I'm yeah. alone in my head... I've heard someone say before, it's like being alone in a dangerous neighborhood. It's not a good place to be in when you're not feeling good about yourself, mm. you know. So it's definitely a thing where I feel like the mental health is more important than the physical health. Because I think that if you're really working on your mental health or well-being and your mindset and working through any traumas that maybe you faced, or even if it's just something that's like a bottom for you that you're working through, everything else will fall into place. I really believe that. Oh, yeah, me too, 100%. <laughs> like, you know, and, that, and especially for people that um, do work out and, and do prep and do shows and everything too, I said, like, they're, like, that's, that's athlete level. You know, you're, you're mm-hmm. training at such a high capacity. Sure, everything looks great. Your muscles look great. You're, you're training hard. You're running fast. 
you're eating your meals, but in the meantime, you're beating yourself up. You're comparing yourself to your competition. Yep. <laughs> you're wondering why you should even do it. You know, there's a million. If you're if your mindset, I mean, you're pushing your body in such a forward forward positive motion like you're 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 taking care of it i mean we're, we are obviously pushing it to our limits but that is an extreme sport in itself um mm-hmm. but if you're you know your mindset like you're how are you even going to envision yourself at the at the finish line at you know on on show day and how is that going to carry yourself on stage now where you're backstage and you need that mental tenacity now to go on stage confidently and own it and not worry about everybody else. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the thing is too, like I took a break from competing for a few years for different reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was because mentally I knew I wasn't ready Mm -hmm. because I don't think that I I use the first show as a, I'm not feeling good about myself, but if I do this, then I'll feel good. But what ended up happening is I felt good on the day of, I felt amazing. But then like the next day when you get back to normal life, (laughs) You're like, why am I not lean anymore? And why am I not, you know? And it's like, that's not normal. And it, and I think that competing is a great sport, but I also think it can damage someone's self-esteem if they're not in the proper mindset to start the process. Yeah, like, and, you know? that, and that's the thing too. Like, it can it can chew chew you up and and spit you out mm-hmm. real real quick. And you're coming, you're you're going, you're gunning towards a goal. You're you're on a high. You've yes. got that goal to meet. <laughs> you know, it's, that's it's so crucial. After the show, I feel too to make sure that you have some other mini goals shortly afterwards that keep that momentum going. So you can kind of rather than just dropping off a cliff, you've got a couple clouds to like bounce from to get you to the bottom. Oh, absolutely! Back back and to like so you know, on solid ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then also like I always I also tell my clients, and I don't coach competition clients. It's just not my my thing. Um, but. My girls are all, you know, they're not comp clients, they're lifestyle clients, but we we work on, um, I give them like, give me two goals that you have that are not related to physical appearance. Like, I want to hear two goals that you're working on, whether it be, I'm big on facing fears, and so it could be a facing a fear. Like, say someone has a fear, for me, a fear of heights. Well, like, a few weeks back, I went to Lake Tahoe, and I made myself get on a roller coaster, and like... Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like things that will grow you in a way that's not related to your physique and your aesthetic. Yeah. You know. Yes, absolutely. So you're coaching now, and you just got accepted because I feel like all of a sudden your your coaching is going to be taking a major shift because you just got accepted recently um, into university. That's correct, right? You're in community yes. college right now, studying. Um, so what are you? And what are you studying? What are you going in for? So I'm actually, um, I'm going to school um, currently to become a psychologist, a therapist, and I'm, yeah, I'm really excited because here's the thing I've noticed, too, is that there are not many therapists in my area that specialize in PTSD. There's not many therapists in my area that specialize in um, some of the traumas that I've experienced, other women have experienced. I've looked for it, you know, and mine does, my therapist um and yes, I'm seeing a therapist, and I'm proud of it. I don't think it should be a bad thing. No, <laughs> um, she's amazing, and she specializes in that. And it's, but she's she's not rare. So I really want to help women with that. And the thing I've noticed, I've been multiple therapists. I've been to therapy for years, and they never ask about health or nutrition. And here's the key. Here's the thing. I, I feel like that is something that needs to be talked about. 
I feel like overall health is that overall health. So my goal is to, when I become a therapist, to bring the mind-body-soul approach to that field and talk about someone's nutrition, their health. What does your daily look like? What are you Mm. consuming? What are Mm -hmm. you watching on television? What are you listening to in your ears? Um, Something that I want to really push for in the future. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I know. And and it seems so funny, like just like doctors, right? Like the, the education that they get in health and nutrition is just, a, a, minis- a minuscule amount yeah. that you know it's it's not it's not being looked at that you know yeah if you added some exercise and cardiovascular work to your routine that maybe yep. um, <laughs> we can eventually wean you off this medication that you're on um, and these pills and let's take a look at that and I think that is really integral integral it's such a important piece of the puzzle like my like exactly that like mind body and soul that what you're putting into your body and what you're feeding your body and how you're treating your body is going to ultimately affect you on a daily basis. Yes, absolutely. And I don't want to be reactive. I'm trying to, you know, I kind of like, it is like you said, like when you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, here's some meds. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with medication if it's needed. I'm fully supportive of that. But I also feel like that, I don't know, I feel like things should be more handled proactively you know, versus reactively mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. try to, you know, help somebody long-term, you know, with yeah. their health. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's very true too. Um, now for yourself uh, with the plans, like how long are you going to be in university for then? How is the, the length of the program? So I've got uh, two more semesters at my community college and then I start um, Palo Alto University next year, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, and it's two years for the bachelor program, and then it's another two years for the master's program. And then I'll be able to um, start working in the field as a, a paid intern for one year. And then it's the licensure, the licenses for California to become a therapist. And at that point, I can, you know, work in a hospital arena if I want. It's not what I want, but to work as a um, in my own private practice, ultimately, is what I want to do. Okay, so, so that's, your, that's your vision, yeah. your own private practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't ever want to stop coaching. That's the thing some of my clients have said, like, oh, are you going to stop coaching? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not <No>. at all. <laughs> no, they're all going to be tied together, I'm yeah. sure, right? So with your so with your vision for yourself and, and for your clients, like, what do you feel is something that is something that can be done daily or monthly to help them move the needle towards a better, either better self-image or better mental health? Like, what are some of the practices that you've deployed for yourself that you feel um, anyone can take advantage of? Oh, um, it's the same thing I tell my clients. Journaling. It's talked about so much on social media and people talk about it. But here's the thing. You actually have to do it. And I'm guilty (laughs) of this where I'm like, oh, abundance. And I want to have a beautiful mindset. And I want to, you know, I want to think positively. And I want to love myself every day. And here's the reality. Sometimes, and I tell them this too, it's okay not to be okay. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you're a failure if you wake up and you're feeling not good about yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. But try not to rush your morning. Like, I try to give myself, like, an extra half hour in the morning to journal so I can start my mindset right. Like, what, what what do I want from today? Just today, not tomorrow, not next year. You know, what is my why for today? What are, like, one to three mini goals that I want to have for today that will 
go get me closer to my goal ultimately, you know, and mm-hmm. then what am I grateful for? And it's a five minute practice of journaling. I, I allow myself 30 minutes to really kind of wake up and I'm not like a morning person. I took it up early. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I always tell them to like, you know, work out when you can, but I, I like the idea for me of, you know, moving your body, moving your mind first thing in the morning because it's, yeah. it honestly, like if I don't work out in the morning or if I don't journal, it's literally night and day with my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really does set the tone. Though. It does. Yeah. It really does. Um, for your, what else do you do for, do you have anything else that you do for your morning routine? I feel morning routines are ridiculously crucial. They're so crucial. Um, I like, I read this book and I think a lot of people have by Hal, Hal Elrod, um, the, the miracle morning. And I mm. really started trying to implement that. And, you know, it's not like I do it every day. I would like to say that I do, but, um, it's move your body, move your mind, visualize how you want your life. So it's like a process of journaling how you want your day to be, moving your body, whether it be yoga or the gym or lifting, whatever that looks like. It could be bike riding for 20 minutes. Just get your endorphins going. Um, and then visualizing if you could picture your, the most beautiful life for yourself, what would that look like? So yeah. It's visualization, it's gratitude, it's journaling and moving your body. And that's that's what I try to do every morning, although I fall short sometimes because sometimes I wake up late or whatever, but that really, really helps me. And thinking of like one thing I'm grateful for, and that that really is, it, it doesn't take longer than if you're including a workout, an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and that's it. And it you get so much done for your, your mental well-being that you, you feel yeah. it throughout the day. You're, yeah. you're more peaceful because if you think about waking up late and jumping in your car and rushing through traffic and you're already mad and you haven't, you know, <laughs> you haven't ate, <laughs> you haven't ate, you're, you're, you're trying to eat a, yeah, you're trying to eat a muffin on while driving the stairs and yes. at that same time. <laughs> yes, and it's it literally is like night and day, literally. Yeah. So, and then speaking of night, do you have a night routine? Do you have an evening routine then before you go to bed? Like, what are you um, telling your, your, your subconscious, your subconscious mind before you go to bed? Do you have anything that you do? I do. I actually do. So I have this journal. It's called the five minute journal and the journal split down the page where the top half of the page is right, setting the tone for the day. And the bottom half is what are you grateful for and what could you have improved on? It takes like two minutes to write in it. Um, so I usually do that. And then I also pray before I go to bed mm. and I usually pray a gratitude prayer, you know, thank you, you know, God or for, for anybody, universe, whatever you believe in, um, for today, for mm-hmm. my help, something that you're grateful for. For me, I usually say my recovery, my sobriety, um, family, stuff like that. And then I also say something that I want to work on. Like, yeah. please give me strength to move forward. Please give me strength to, like, if I'm feeling like I, I know I'm not going to want to work out in the morning, please give me strength to make it to the gym. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but... It oh. really does help, though. It does it, help. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. And I think both having both like a morning routine and a evening routine, like a morning ritual, night ritual, is I mean, it's just it's creating these incredible little habits for yourself and setting you up setting you up for success at that um, at that conscious level. Yeah. So um, now going forward. Um, big plans ahead like what do you what would you want what what do you want like the most for for your vision like if if, like what do you want to succeed like what do you want what do you see for yourself 
what's what's the grand vision? The grand vision is that I am at peace and I'm happy and content with where I'm at. I, I vision in the future. I envision myself running a private practice in a healthy, loving relationship, living in California, creating my own schedule. <laughs> just, like, just to be able to sit on the beach. And I think you had a picture on your Instagram of you that I was like, yes, I want that where you're like near a cliff or you're like, yeah. you're kicking it with the, you know, it's just the flexibility to live a life that you dream of. And it's not for me and everyone's different and it's okay to want the car and all that stuff. But for me, it's not that. I'm mm-hmm. con- I would be more than like thrilled to have like a little tiny home in California and a happy, healthy, loving relationship, like being able to, you know, work the day how I want. So if I, if I don't want to work on a Monday, I'm not gonna because I'm a coach and I, I run my own business. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and helping women. That's, that's it. My why? I want to help women, um, mind, body, soul. Like I want to help them, you know, move forward in their life to achieve their best. Yeah. Um, cause sometimes you just need to push or you need someone telling you, yeah, you're worth it, man. Like you don't need to stay in this dark tunnel by yourself. Like that's not, that's not the way to live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and see, and the reason, the reason why I like, reason why I got you to do that and the reason why I like doing that as well with people is that I love having people speak out their greatest desires in the moment with that energy and with that excitement and with that happiness and speak it out into the universe and, and get those vibrations out there. So I love it. Yes. Kind of that, it's, it's kind of that you just consider that in, in the, in the moment um, manifesting that we're, that we're doing right now and talking about the vision. And I think that's so important to have such a huge why that propels you forward because at the end of the day, you know, like you said, like some people, yeah, whatever you want, like have the car, have the house or, um, what have you have a flexible schedule, like everybody's different and everyone, everyone's right, fine everybody and stuff. Right. But I think like, obviously when you're, when you're pulled, when you're led by your passion, everything else just kind of falls into place. Oh my goodness. It, yeah, it does. It's funny. You were talking about manifestation and being in the moment. Cause like just saying that stuff, I get, I get like goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, Cause I'm like good. there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's there and it's happening. And it's, it's transpiring. And I think, and I think like we, we just we discredit a lot of the actions that we kind of take that we that we built for ourselves. Yeah, you know the the fact that you you've paved your way to California. Um, you've you've gotten sober. Um, you're helping women. You are you are living. You're you're putting that in all into action right now. And the big grand vision is is still is still out there it's still you've got that vision of okay this is where i want to go this is what we're doing and you're all putting it together in little pieces like that and i think it's just so incredible that you've come so far um uh, and and thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story with those those moments and um and i and i and i really hope people take your story and wherever they are right now, if they're listening and they're and they're in a situation that they they see that and they see that it is it is possible to have a life and that they're they are worth it. Yeah, thank you so much. And I I, I have to say though, I am very lucky in many ways. <laughs> Not lucky, but like I've had a lot of amazing support. And so I'm saying like, if you feel like you need help, ask for it. Because the support mm-hmm. is there. It's actually just waiting on you to ask for it. I know that sounds really weird and frou-frou or whatever, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's waiting. It's literally waiting. People, naturally, most people, not all people like to help people. 
because it selfishly, it also gives them a good feeling. So when people are afraid to ask for help, I have to think like, you know what? You're A, not the only one. There's so many people that need help. And B, people are actually, generally speaking, not always like to help others. Yeah. You know, so like you're never alone. You're really never alone. And like, it's very common to need help at some point in your life. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, and I think like nowadays, like there's just like social media and the apps and stuff. Like I actually downloaded this app. Um, it's called Youper, I think. And it just checks in with you. It's a smart AI, which is kind of funny because I read this article about something being made like this. And I can't really remember the origin story for it. But either way, I stumbled upon this app. And, yeah, it checks in with you. It's this AI. It kind of learn, learns you and learns about you. And it checks in. You can have it check in with you and stuff. And I think, like, just even like that, something or your support groups and stuff, um, I think there's there's definitely there's help that's that's out there to be had. <laughs> no, oh, no yeah. matter no matter what stage you're at and no matter where you are at, there's there's help to be to be to be leaning on right now. So Oh, for sure. And that's really cool. I need to check that app out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I would check it out right now, but my phone is I can't get into my phone right now. But yeah, it's uh I think it's called Youper. Um it's yeah, it's a really cool let me just check my other other phone here while we're on. I'm gonna get that's that awesome. we can just grab that in like real time here. But, yeah, yeah, I was right, Youper, Emotional Health Assistant. Nice. Yeah. That's so and cool. Really cool, like, smart AI. I mean, like, that's, like, a kind of, like, cool tool. And I'm I'm just, like, I'm not associated with that or anything like that. But I just I just remembered that it's, like, one of these little, cool little tools that you can just have at your fingertips. So, and I think that's important for people yes. Um, that feel like they are alone, that they've got something at least in their pocket. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, Melissa, I'm so thankful for you to be making some time and that you came on the show today and you got a chance to hopefully help at least one person out there that has listened to this and this is going to maybe spark and be the catalyst to have them on their way to the life that they that they really want for themselves. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Is there anything that um, we can check out your social media or anything like that that you want to let the listeners know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, if you go to my Instagram, you can just be easy to reach out to me as my website is being built. <laughs> um, is at the Melissa page, and you'll see it says Mind, Body, Soul Coach. Um, and I would love you know, if someone has a question or, you know, wants to set up a consultation or anything like that, just reach out to me. I'm pretty responsive. Um, just contact me via my DM, and I would love, love, love to help them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, and we will talk to you soon. Take thank care. Thank you. Thank you. You too. And that's it for another episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to find me on Instagram, Becoming Unfuckwithable. And leave a comment and share this episode with someone if you think that uh, it's going to help them. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.